0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Be There in 5 podcast. I'm Kay Kennedy, owner-founder of Be There in 5, author of Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, an internet fairy tale of fame, fortune, and followers, available on Amazon, and you can buy it through the show notes. It's a book I wrote that is the perfect baby shower gift, or gift for a person that wants an interesting coffee table piece, and uh, what else am I going to say about myself today? I do feel like lately we've had new listeners and I'm not sure if I always do the best job of explaining what this podcast is or does because I know anybody, I know better than anybody that I'll turn something off within two minutes if I don't really identify with the person or their voice or I'm bored of what they're talking about. And I know I struggle too with like the first 10 minutes before the podcast gets to like what it's about and people don't just kind of like buy tickets from my junk and like, tr- trust me, I wish you could buy tickets for my junk. I'm not that successful yet. Part of me just wants to be like, hey, guys, I'll be at the Walgreens on North Avenue tonight at 9 p.m., probably picking up a Gatorade. And, you know, if you want to hear some of my material, come to the back left corner by the cosmetics and uh, we'll see how it goes. And then maybe from there I can, you know, take my talents across the street to the 24 hour Starbucks where they have absolutely no control over who's loitering because it's absolutely filthy. But, you know, a a girl can dream. A girl can dream. That's what I want you to walk away from these podcasts with. I want you to feel like, you know, what's going on in the world. We had a discussion, like two friends. What about what's going on in pop culture, in uh, non-polarizing current events, and sometimes in my own life uh, or with my own career, I do try to not complain (laughs) because I think a lot of people start podcasts and don't even realize that they're just kind of whining about very insular things in their own life. So I keep it general where I can. I pepper in personal anecdotes where I see fit. And I guess I just don't want you to be like, nobody cares. So I feel like I kind of need to reintroduce myself in the podcast because the last few I've just been like, I love you, Taylor Swift. Pick me for a secret session. And like, that's kind of pathetic for a grown woman. And I've noticed I'll more than previously, I'll get like DMs and stuff that basically say something along the lines of who are you, which is such a weird question to ask somebody because basically that's saying, like, who are you in the context of the world? Like, why are you here? What is your value? Why are you a thing? Or do you have something to, to offer the world that makes people seem to think you're interesting? And uh, it's it's a funny thing where I guess I'm here not because I'm a you know host or podcaster, commentator, journalist by trade, but I'm actually a person that thinks there aren't enough um, experts on high-reaching platforms in the field of life, in the field of looking at things from a human perspective of a person who doesn't have the the connections or the media network or the advertisers that control what they say or who they can talk about, but really just wants to talk to you about things that go on like a friend. And I I am a believer in that. I am a podcaster because I called myself one and because I gave myself a podcast. And I think so often we look for Other people to have a very specific reason they're doing the things they're doing and probably aren't even realizing we do that to ourselves too and there's a lot we'd love to be doing but you're like i'm not a podcaster it's like well nobody's born one just be one so i just i'm not great at answering that question because i think i have permission to be here because i gave it to myself and i think i have permission to be here because of in growing a business and having a social media presence and realizing that it just wasn't doing anything for me to only talk about small business or rugs or products or whatever when i decided to make social media fun and to talk about what i was actually thinking about in real time it was almost always pop culture and it's things i've loved my whole life and i think that anytime you genuinely love something or are interested in it and are a kind of expert in your own right it translates and it lands and You almost don't need those existing credentials that make you feel legitimate for no other reason than an easier way of explaining it to people. So yeah, I'm not a uh, comedian or a journalist or an entertainment whatsoever, but so I don't know that I can tell you who I am much more easily than the 12 jobs I've given myself. Um, But lately when I've been trying to uh, explain the podcast to whether to sponsors or podcast networks I work with or in things I'm kind of like applying to and, you know, want to highlight what a great platform and incredible audience this is. And they're like, so what is it? And I think sometimes when you're forced to explain something simply, it it almost makes you understand it better yourself and see different facets of it, because I think the uh, I hate when people say at the end of the day on podcasts. Have you noticed that every time any like reality star is interviewed, they're like at the end of the day, there's the end of the day. And at the end of the day, that's the end of the day. And I'm like, oh, my God, use your words. Um, That's I'm copying Marissa because in the Facebook group, we were getting so frustrated with the new bachelorette Hannah B because she can't speak. And she's like a pageant queen who who literally can't make a toast. Uh, She can't thread together words to make a sentence. And the entire job is talking. And I just, I am I'm disappointed in the selection. I'm sure she's cute and nice, but she kind of reminds me of like sweet girls that don't have a, like, they're so hyper-focused on a facade of perfection and on being sweet that even the mean things they say come out sweetly and their sweet personification kind of overrides the content of their sentences. And then when you say something a little edgy or negative, they make you feel like a bad person by condescendingly affirming you. Is that too deep? I don't know. Growing up, like, my friends and I called them, like, sweet girls. Like, we had trouble um, getting close to and having fun with people who seemed artificially positive, but you could tell had, like, a lot more going on, but won't ever let anybody in. Because, again, all they care about is being the cute, sweet, positive girl. God forbid you have a personality. It's very pageanty, to be honest. I'm not a big fan of pageants. <laughs> it's the weirdest concept to be like, Who can, you know, slap on enough varnish and polish themselves up enough to be the perfect version of what this entity says a woman should be to give you a crown and an alleged scholarship that John Oliver debunked to go around the world trying to be relatable and help the people while wearing a sash and a crown, which is the least relatable and helpful thing you could possibly do. But anyway, I'm not biased. I don't care. I'm cool breezy. But um. This is actually my 50th episode. I think I've said that on two other episodes because I don't even know what anything is. I just say things. And in doing like a lot of like reflection, trying to explain the podcast, I was like, maybe I'll share with my listeners like how I kind of position it or what it means to me or like when I'm musing about it, you know, what comes to mind because it's there's so much more depth to me than pop culture, than celebrity gossip, than Even just like basic observational humor, because to me it's it's all about being like being a friend and being a fireside chat and being a place you can go. And if you are at all like me in any of the small things I talk about, or in kind of the life phase I'm in, where I'm at a point where I'm facing a lot of struggles that I think are common of women in my age range, where all of a sudden things are heavier, things are bigger. You're at the point where you're the adult in your head. You always, you know, pictured that was so far off. All of a sudden you are that person, despite not feeling any older and the person you always thought you'd be at this point. You aren't at all. And every day is kind of a a recalibration of being okay with being different than the way your expectations were your whole life and being a person who is proud of how they've evolved rather than disappointed in how they haven't and in the middle of all this internal reconciliation about your own definition of of success and self-worth you're also wrestling with personal things that you know whether it's about needing more from your life from Your career, or balancing career and family, or if you're not sure about having a family, uh, the difficulty of finding meaningful friendships as an adult. I, I mean, I just feel like I am. uh, Maybe I'm projecting on you all, but at 31, I am. I feel like I'm constantly just exploring the conventional wisdoms I knew my whole life in a world where I'm now rethinking so much of what it means to be a woman in society, in today's society. What it means to be a wife, a friend, a daughter, perhaps a mother one day. There's I feel like in my 20s, I had very little confidence in myself, but full confidence in where where I was going in life. It seemed more formulaic. It seemed more structured. So in your head, you're like, eh, I'm kind of the worst, but I'm working through it. And like, I'll be married by this age, and I'll have kids by this age, and I'll work, and I'll do this, and this is what life looks like, and you move the burbs, and da 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 and. But then the farther you go and you realize there is no formula, you realize a lot of those things don't actually align with what you now want, as opposed to what you thought you wanted. And you get to a place where the issue is no longer, how do I fit into the mold of what this world is inevitably going to offer me that I can rely on because I don't have enough confidence or direction to dictate it myself? it's less about that and now it's more like, oh, I can mold this into whatever I want it to be. It's a true blank slate. And in your thirties, I, I feel like you have all the confidence in the world. Yeah, maybe not in my individual product projects and things in day-to-day life, but like it's almost a more daunting task to know what you're capable of, but not know how to make it tangible and to not know how to shape it into what you know you can do and to what you know your potential is. And it's a whole different type of crazy that I didn't, I guess, expect (laughs) coming out of an era where all I wanted to do was like just feel better about myself, just feel like I was capable. And and I have that now, but I have absolutely no idea where and how to channel it and how to sculpt this life into something that I'm proud of, into something that contributes to the world, into something that is my own world and not a fixation on how I can fit into somebody else's. And I think it's a really interesting era to be in. And I don't mean I know I'm always like annoyingly waxing poetic about (laughs) <laughs> these like philosophical life changes, but that's why this podcast is so special to me, not only because I'm enduring these transitions in real time. when I started a year ago, you guys heard me like literally having nothing going on, so down and out to the the biggest break I had was getting the book deal to the process of kind of doing it and announcing it, and then so much of it was kind of botched in the launch, and there's so many issues and a lot of it was really frustrating and disappointing and difficult and Um, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know if I talked about all that on this podcast. It might've just been on Patreon, but it's so interesting, like having this live journal and I am able to articulate thoughts I didn't know I had, and it's allowed me to be a lot more introspective. And I've heard from so many of you guys who, even when I think I'm talking about something that I think is maybe a little bit specific or, um, that I may be reading too much into a lot of you have reached out and been like, that's what I was feeling and didn't know how to say And I was able to communicate this better or, you know, that's something I needed to hear, but it was helpful in a format that was, you know, otherwise upbeat and about trivial topics. And it means a lot to me that you like kind of get what I'm doing and where I'm coming from. And a lot of us are on the same page. And even when you're not on the same page, I appreciate you absorbing any information just as something ancillary to keep in mind, even if you can't apply it to your real life. And I've just been, I guess, thinking about this a lot this week with the 50 episodes about how it's been so important in my own growth and evolution. It it just absolutely moves me if anything I've ever said is has been helpful or useful to you. Um, and I appreciate you letting me kind of really uh, swing between two major extremes of like uh, intensity and also you know, analyzing the mansplaining in City High's What Would You Do, for example. Um, when I, uh, I always use that as an example when I'm trying to explain the podcast, because as I said in episode one, and I still stand by, and still am constantly defending when people are like, knocking pop culture, sub gossip, and the like, is that we can care about the issues we can be intelligent we can have strong convictions but we can also analyze the conspiracy of why pete davidson is like so popular and dating all the hottest girls in the world and like literally came out of nowhere like we can still observe how stormy webster's wardrobe exceeds our net worth (laughs) i i i just want to get across that like yes this is a pop culture podcast But I'll talk about what chivalry means in a feminist world in one breath and then switch to musings from xenon girl of the 21st century in the next. And it's not disjointed. That spectrum is by design because my whole point is that I'm not oneself. I am selves. Many women are. And when I'm told like this needs to be a niche, a topic, a specific type of podcast that I should be honing in on something a little bit better, they're probably right. But when I sit there and I'm like, okay, you know, how startups are like, you know, WAG is the Uber for pets. I can't think of anything like cool or astute or that envelops it all. And I'm like, uh, I don't know the NPR for cool people. But like, that's offensive, too, because, you know, who's cooler than Ira Glass? I'm just kidding. I mean, I I actually his quote about like taste and creativity and beginners is like such a meaningful thing to me. And I read it probably twice a week. Uh, But I also am really jealous of people that are like. I was listening to NPR and because it's just not something I ever say. I'm like, I was listening to Jeff Lewis Live and (laughs) I literally get all my news from Jeff Lewis Live. It's uh, awesomely pathetic. But yeah, I, I, I don't know, guys. I guess 50 episodes in and having had a lot of conversations about where this podcast should go and the fate of this podcast, I still just can't seem to bring myself to refine it to one more narrow topic to make it mostly pop culture to make it mostly like you know business and advice and all of that because i i don't want to put myself in a box and i don't want to put you guys in a box and i sure as hell don't want to put you in a Fit fun box and i guess this is me just committing to moving forward and what feels right and flows and works for me and you guys and all that to say too like i really do value your feedback and if you ever want to email podcast at be there in five dot com f-i-v-e not the number five um just like yeah tell me where you are how you're doing what you think what you need because even though this forum is free it is has become such a indispensable part of my life and incredibly important to me. And at the beginning, I could have, I could take it or leave it. But now it feels like such a part of me. And, you know, yesterday with the Instagram blackout, I was like, so grateful to have my own property and platform and audience and have this medium. Because if it if all of that goes away tomorrow, you have to make sure you have something that's yours. And like I could not be prouder to call a group of people like you something that's mine. And I'm so happy that you've stuck with me and my ramblings. And I'm so excited to see what we can do with it this year, getting some funding, whether we go to a network or I try to figure it out privately. Honestly, my goal for the next 50 episodes, not only to continue bringing value to your days during your most mundane tasks whether driving cleaning or otherwise that's when i listen to podcasts but to meet more of you to interact with more of you and my biggest goal i think to be totally transparent i think is to figure out a way to do a live show at some point whether it's in chicago or i don't know if there's some market that likes me better probably I don't know what type of people in Chicago or if you're there and I've never we've never interacted. Please reach out. I'd love to know if you're local. Um, but yeah, I know it's like probably weird to like lift under the hood or whatever, because I feel like it's, it's the more normal thing would be to just start a podcast. And this is a podcast and it's a professional operation. And I'm just going to make changes and keep you out of it because you're not supposed to, you know, know how the sausage gets made. But kind of like how you would report You know, a a company would report to its board of directors and have an annual report, kind of do a pulse check. I feel like you guys are my stakeholders and are such a part of it, an important part of it. And I want to keep you in the loop. And I think sometimes when things start to grow and then things pivot or change and the person never addresses it, it's not a good look. And um, maybe I, yeah, you guys don't really care about the ins and outs of like my difficulty getting up. (laughs) <laughs> sponsorships and networks on board but you know whatever this is how it works and if you want to start a podcast hopefully it's it's helpful to understand um and you know honestly it would like probably be in my best interest to not you know publicly be like i will not put you in a Fat fit fun box because like what if they pay well and then that could like get me better equipment and like improve your experience so it's this weird thing of where i'm like above it all but also like totally below it all you know, aren't we all? <laughs> it, it, it's a real toss up sometimes. With great influence comes what I call the Cameron Eubanks crossroads, where you go from, you know, playfully jesting about how ridiculous it all is to just straight up only selling Vanity Planet brushes on your social media channels. And I, I like to think there's a middle ground, and I'm going to aim for a middle ground, but I promise to to keep you in the loop. Like today, we have an awesome sponsor that I'll talk about in a bit. This is actually something I desperately needed, but no, it is not FabFitFun. I actually think um, FabFitFun. I was thinking about, you know, like where does my disdain come from? Is it just like the ads? Because theoretically, you know, it'd be cool to get a present at my doorstep, but then I keep going back to like, no, I, 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 I I'm, ne- I never sit down and I'm like, wow, I, I, I didn't know how badly I needed a, a, both a yoga towel and a spice blend like no I'm never dying to pay money for things I'd never actually buy and I really think that there's no such thing as a coupon code for something you never wanted and I don't know I got like a pop sugar box once and it was decent but then sometimes it gets into the realm of like like resembling a, a, a supermarket sweep of the, the clearance aisle at Marshall's where everything's just like a smidge sticky and like tampered with. And I don't know. I mean, I have a couple things still like I've held on to some tea lights and some loose rock sugars for rimming cocktails that I will absolutely never make. But I, I don't know. I, I just think it, it, it adds to junk. It adds to little things you don't need. And, um, I just don't understand how that many people must be subscribing and how much money they must be spending on influencer marketing. Cause I know for, I know Janner charges a pretty penny. I mean, they've got a, a baby and one on the way now. And like, that's, that's premium content, but what do I know? What was it? Talking about? Oh yeah. I want there to be like a reverse FabFitFun and like the, in this Marie Kondo world where once a month, instead of a box full of stuff you don't want or need, you're sent like an empty storage box and you're required to fill it up and donate and get rid of stuff or you're fined it's it's all in by teddy like teddy mellencamp's business model is genius it's called all in by teddy you pay a fortune for an impossible health and fitness regimen that if you don't follow you lose all your money but under the guise of accountability so most people will fail and she'll make tons of money and basically like you think that you lost all your money because you did something wrong when really it was like very very difficult and you probably had some things go on and you know i'm a person that supports the making of excuses to an extent because sometimes you really do have a good excuse (laughs) and then they keep your money so their incentive more so is for people to not do well because there's there's no better business model than putting in the least amount of effort and resources and getting the most return so there's no accountability on accountability by teddy it's fascinating i don't know I, i i'm more like one foot in by kate that's my vibe taste everything eat nothing only commit after you know if you feel like it or you're in the mood or if something better doesn't come along just like hang out or don't i don't care i, I teddy's intensity is so fascinating to me so principled so obsessed with like i tell the truth and i'm like if you have to tell the say that you tell it the truth that much like i tell him the truth i i like believe her in this whole lucy lucy apple juicy situation but also i'm like you got to relax on, like, bragging about your ethics, because in theory, we're all innocent until proven guilty. In theory, we're all these, we're all as honest as you say you are, because it's the right way to be until we're proven otherwise. So the fact that you have to say it over and over like you're someone special because you value honesty is like, well, duh, you're like, I would hope so. Don't we all? <laughs> but whatever. Um, anyways, <laughs> moving on. This week on the podcast, this week on One Foot In by Kate. We have a very special guest. I was recording my 50th episode that was kind of going to be thematically a little different that I'll just do some other time. Like, who really cares what number it goes along with? Um, But then I had a friend and a listener in town that I've been wanting to have on here because she's someone I look up to. She owns her own PR firm is a TV host has a radio show down in Florida. She's an influencer. She's a great example of somebody who does it all on her own terms while still being an outstanding mom to her two girls, a supportive friend and mentor to people like me that are still trying to figure it out, who feel like most people like her will never give me the time of day. And she has been so kind and so helpful to me. And beyond that. She knows just as much, if not more, about pop culture as I do. And a lot of you in the Facebook group will definitely recognize her name, Molly Hillenbrand. And um, since there was so much going on this week, I knew I'd be way better off with a co-host. So... I hope you like it. And real quick, I want to do a, a quick shout out to a company that I'm so excited to be working with legitimately. I know my long-winded explanation of advertisers is probably a bit excessive at times, but I actually I I'm trying to find things that I'm like, "Oh my god, I actually need this." And a lot of my audience members kind of fall within this realm. And you probably remember hearing me lament this during my How I Built this series, but I really uh, had difficulty with having to perform every business function under the sun when I left my corporate job, when I started up a business, and I was like, um, I have to now be the head of finance, HR, legal, marketing, sales. I mean, 90% of those things I'm not qualified for whatsoever. So when I left my job, especially as it relates to HR functions, I kind of just Casually stopped co- contributing to my 401k. My health insurance was a fortune. All of the aspects of HR were really where I dropped the ball because not only was it a little bit intimidating, it also it isn't always the first thing you want to start out doing when you're really energized to start with sales and marketing and strategizing because it seems too complicated, too daunting. Like you have to dabble in all of these different investment, retirement, tax areas. But these are the very things you can't ignore because they're your fallback, because they're your future, and they're the nuts and bolts of what you should put together first in order to move forward more fearlessly and get to focus on all of those things you want to without kind of this hanging over your head, or at least that's how I felt. And when I heard about this company, Catch, their startup out of Boston, I was like, okay, so many of you guys are self-employed contractors, freelancers, participate in the gig economy, have side hustles, and may not have access to traditional benefits from an employer. There's probably a lot of you that are full-time employees in traditional roles that still don't have access to benefits and benefit management. And that's why Catch is incredible because what it does is it serves as kind of an automated HR department in terms of taking care of all the benefits that an employer would typically handle. So when you think about saving for retirement, setting aside money for investments, health insurance, life insurance, time off, student loan payments, all of those delightful things that come out of your paycheck and slowly chip away at your disposable income that you want to smartly invest and be setting aside for what's best for your current situation, a safety net for your current situation, and to set yourself up for the future. It's really simple. Go to catch.co slash be there in five. That's F-I-V-E, not the number five. And you just answer a few basic questions. It's really straightforward. I was, sometimes I get nervous because, you know, money, like, especially when you're, you know, not like rolling in it, like you want to be, But it actually wasn't that intimidating because their entire business model is really centered on having the ability to pick and choose what works for you. It's all about finding and recommending benefits based on your unique situation and giving you the ability to not be locked into setting up all of those benefits. It's very flexible. You choose what you need. And the best part is is they tell you what you can live without, which I love because I feel like I'm being sold to all the live long day. And when somebody's like, hey, you actually don't really need this thing. That's not the best use of your money right now. I'm like, thank you. Uh, What a welcome departure from the highway robbery that is so many businesses these days. (laughs) So I appreciated that. And once they help you figure out the best allocation of your money and how much money you should be setting aside for each, they'll help you manage each account, but you remain the owner of all of your funds. And it's completely secure. They're a member FDIC. Your retirement accounts are protected by SIPC. The data is fully encrypted. All of that good stuff, which I wasn't even told to say, but you know, I'm on high alert ever since I watched all those fire Festival docs and uh, just want to make sure I'm using my influence for things that are legit and that are safe and that will only be helpful moving forward. And I really think this is filling a white space. And I don't know, this is like outside of my ad even. I, I want to support and work with businesses that are working to help the lives of small business owners, entrepreneurs, people trying to support their communities and their families. Through their unique gifts, and it's so often a thankless job. And the more that can be taken off your plate in a responsible, structured, safe manner, the better. And to get started, just go to catch.co slash be there in five. That's F I V E, not the number five. And uh, just answer a few simple questions and see what it has to say. The great part is, it's not one of those sites where you go and there's this pie chart, and it's like 80% is this one color, and you're like, oh, interesting. What's that? Responsible spending? And it's like, you spent five thousand dollars on Starbucks, and it's like, oh, I didn't need to know that today. I'm good. I'm not here to like look in a mirror and face the reality of my habits. I'm just trying to like look forward and not back. And this is a case where you can look forward and not, you know, be shamed by your past spending habits, which is what I look for in a helpful business tool. <laughs> I'm just kidding, kind of. Not really. Am I good at this ad thing? Uh, I'm not really sure. I I could ramble on forever about stuff I like, so I just kind of interject my own stories, but. I appreciate you sticking around, especially because I think this one's worth it. And if you want to just click directly through, I'll always put URLs and codes in the show notes. So if you just click on more details, you'll see catch.co slash be there in five and you can get started. And now without further ado, uh, my entire podcast is just a bunch of ado. I don't even know what that means, but like, I think I should have just called this further ado by Kate Kennedy. Um. But anyway, I, uh, I now bring you a conversation with Molly Hillenbrand, and I say conversation because it's not an interview because I don't know how to interview. I just know how to talk, which again, you know, not a journalist lacking some serious skills here that should allow me to be on this mic, but I guess I make the rules. So here is Molly and I recording a conversation we would likely have any other day that I thought you might enjoy. All right. So I'd like to have everybody join me in welcoming Molly Hillenbrand, PR maven, (laughs) multipreneur, on air personality, influencer, seasoned retail pro, mom of two darling girls and two darling cavaliers, of which Tugboat is half. (laughs) And she hails from Palm Beach, Boca.
1: Yes. But uh,
0: via New New Jersey, New York, Chicago correct?
1: That was amazing. That's the best (laughs) intro I've ever had. Oh yeah, Thank you.
0: Well, and she's like an all-star in our Be There in Five podcast Facebook group.
1: Love that Facebook
0: group. I mean, you're the glue that holds it together. I (laughs) downloaded an Excel spreadsheet of the most active members because I wanted to like reach out and thank people individually. And I was like, you're kind of my friend, so I didn't want to be like, dear Molly, thank you for your continued engagement.
1: But that's what I have to say. I love your Facebook group. You it's have nice people, really nice people. Everyone's so funny and just good-natured. I know. Yeah. And I'm
0: like, is this what everybody says before it gets too big and it gets out of hand? Or like,
1: are we just breeding nice people at the Be There at Five podcast? I think so. I'm really enjoying it with my two badges and all that. I know. <laughs> Well, today's kind of an interesting day because it's the social media blackout of That's 2019. exactly what I was getting to. <laughs> I was I was just going to say, like, we come to you during a difficult time. <laughs> this has been very traumatic all day for not only me and you, but a lot of my friends. I mean, like, today I talked to family and friends. <laughs> it does make you realize, does it not, how much it consumes of your day? Or is it just me? Oh,
0: no. Well, I think, too, I'm very easy on myself because... It's such an important part of my job. And while everybody's like, screen time, blah, like, you know, disconnect, whatever. I'm like, I agree. But also, we aren't all in the position of having the luxury to disconnect. And so much of what propels this podcast, my business, et cetera, is being fairly present on there. So it's this weird, always this conundrum for me of like, the, mo- the thing people trivialize the most is something that's actually very essential for my business. So I'm trying to go easy on how much I use it. But that said, literally today, I was like, you'd think I would have taken the time to like breathe the fresh air, but I was too busy violently refreshing Instagram
1: to see if it was working yet. I have to tell you, I've not refreshed more since your page on the Taylor Swift (laughs) countdown. I think this may have even beaten it today. This has been a major refresh day. It's like still not working.
0: I'm this is an unprecedented blackout and I'm like what's going on and they're not really saying anything Facebook and Instagram both tweeted once they're like so sorry we're working on it and I'm like the the problem is is there's like currency commerce there's like stuff involved like this is the 13th and if Taylor Swift was going to drop a single today she wouldn't have like there you, you you can't do any
1: launches you can't sell anything like and I can't help to think of what is the conspiracy behind this, right? There's I mean, a lot yeah. going on in the news right now. I mean, did Lori Laughlin take I was just going to go there. I was like, who is running Facebook and Instagram? Did they have anything to do with this college scandal going on? Well, like. Maybe they don't want us to see their posts of the past, let's say, six to 12 months. Well, like, Laura, I heard it's Loughlin, apparently, not
0: Loughlin. Sarah McLaughlin oh of it I've all. I've been
1: saying it wrong the whole time. That, that word
0: on the street. Okay. You know, in Titanic, when the woman's like, "It's been eighty-four years," I think, like, literally, I can't believe how long, like, like what's going on in the world. It, it,
1: you keep thinking, like, is it just me, and if is everybody else on, and I'm not. I'm gonna have to have a, a very self-aware moment where I was like, I'm not sure. Am I missing posting myself of what right. I'm looking at, what I'm doing, or am I like, what's be there and five up to? What is? What are all my favorite people up to today? I need to know. It, right. It's been a very difficult. Right. And for me. I don't
0: know if I need to look inward or if I'm like, you know, is this bad? Because in my, in my days of really resenting social media, like when I wrote Trinkle, Trinkle, Social Media Star, et cetera, A big my issue was like, the, you know, the comparison game and not feeling like I was um, as good as it as everybody else was. But when it comes down to it, I made an active decision, like I said earlier, when I'm going to have fun with it. And when it's not fun, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to resent it. And whatever's fun to me, whether it's on brand or off brand, do it. And that will become your brand because it fun translates. Joy 100%. translates. Yes. And um, I think that what I realized today is like, well, before I was such an island and now even though nothing in my physical surroundings has changed uh, through it, through engaging it, I have an outlet to like the rest of the world. I feel like I'm not an island i'm like in the continental u.s like i'm a major metropolitan connecting with all the other major cities that like know what's going on and we're all separate we're all kind of the same and like we're all in tune like it's a terrible metaphor but like i just used to feel so isolated and now i feel like i'm i'm part of something bigger and even though it's like
1: intangible and like oh i feel a lot of people feel that way yeah and at first it was like an incredible loss the first two hours right and then all of a sudden i felt like a sense of like freedom it's been yes. a very weird emotional day. I've gone through many different. St- it's like the stages of grief. It's like I'm right. at a stage probably three or four. Right. I don't know how
0: far we're going in this. So, cycle. It, what does it start with? Like um, sadness, then sadness, anger, anger. negotiating, negotiating. <laughs> so, in that Maybe phase, I, I got a, I took my talents to Twitter. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> I said Twitter is celebrating all day today. Oh yeah. I don't think they've ever had more people no. logging into Twitter. In probably a good five years. Oh, I
0: haven't tweeted in, in probably five years. And I, all 154 of my followers on Twitter, I, I like reeled off 12 different thoughts at once because I was like, suddenly, there's nobody to hear my thoughts.
1: <laughs> I completely forgot I even had the Twitter app on my phone. And then also, I'm like, wait, I need to catch up on the news. Like, how am I going to know what's going on with the college crisis and everything else Or the going outage. On? <laughs> or the outage, 100%, because Facebook can't update either.
0: Right. I just think Twitter is the place... Like did you see that tweet? I think I posted it of Kmart try, like trying to be cool and like talk to Taylor Swift in her lyrics about command tape. Oh, yes. It was like it was funny but like it sad. Like, yeah, no, it was like, it, "Hey, Taylor, look what <laughs> you made us
1: do." Use command tape. Talking about missing the mark. Uh, yeah, no. It, it was It it landed with a thud. But she liked it. Oh, she did. And it, oh, I didn't so see that that's she a, liked it.
0: It's reassuring oh. to them, which is hilarious. But that's that's like what Twitter is to me. Like, I go on an Instagram story <laughs> on a blank screen, and I like, you know, can write sonnets. But like sitting at that 140 character, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I I have nothing to say. Yeah. And I feel like I am manufacturing a statement that is supposed to be funny, but like won't be because it's, I don't know, there's something about the restriction, I guess, and the fact that I feel like only companies, news outlets, and trolls use it. Right. Do any of your friends, are are they like at the beach with my family?
1: I have have had a tough time with Twitter since the beginning. Yeah. It has never been the correct format for me. Exactly. So So maybe we're flexible. I am flexible. In times of (laughs) crisis, I am flexible.
0: Because... Part of me is hoping like Banksy like, took the service down and it's like an art installation to show us all our dependence oh on social media.
1: Yes. Wouldn't that be wild? It would be wild. It would actually be amazing. For like an hour, I thought Fire Festival was Banksy.
0: Because <laughs> I'm just like, it's kind of genius to m- do something that so impacts society that essentially is a giant mirror. Right. Like, that's the most meaningful thing you could possibly do. Absolutely. I guess that this did teach me that my interest in social media is less vapid than I maybe thought, but it's still way, way too dependent, I think. And maybe I would actually develop personal relationships with people like in the city, like in person, right? you know, if I didn't have that outlet, which it's like, you know, there's
1: trade-offs, right? Absolutely. Um, Well, look, it brought you and I together tonight. We were not watching each other on Instagram.
0: I was just thinking (laughs) that. So, okay, Molly and I know each other because – You had a retail store in Chicago called
1: Luxaby. Way back, yeah. It
0: was luxury
1: Luxury children's baby and child, and it was luxury children's clothing and maternity. Yes, it was like this gorgeous high end store, like right down the street on Oak Street, Chicago. For those who know Chicago, oh right. And we had some uh, dressing rooms that we needed some amazing reminder mats in. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, you know what really um, hooked me? Um, so I was already following you then, but your American Girl doll stories. Oh, yes. <laughs> if that doesn't resonate with everybody, I started watching your stories, and the American Girl doll story started, and I must have told, texted five of my friends that you have to follow Be There in Five and listen to their American Girl doll stories, because oh, yeah, that really so was the essential part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I completely related to every single thing you were saying and was just – cry laughing like watching it and That's that was the, that was the hook that I hear that more really which is just like wow was that, that the fateful moment? night with Kirsten
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> who knew the American Girl dolls
0: I was so embarrassed about that story too were
1: you isn't that so didn't funny do anything
0: like that like it's the first time you start to talk to yourself on your phone your friends friends of you are like are you like are you good are you okay like what's going on <laughs> it's very uncomfortable and I you have no reason to and it's like people think they need permission to like already be somebody to do stuff like that but the, the reality is you're not ever going to be somebody unless you ha- have the lack of shame to do something
1: like that right but I think it wasn't it right after the whole idea of Instagram stories came out because I remember when Instagram stories first got released mm-hmm. and everyone was like what is this what am I even going to use this for right. but then it just opened up a door to just like understanding People's personalities. Getting a real listen. We we live in a voyeuristic society. A hundred percent. Yeah. And what's more voyeuristic than seeing just not only you know pictures that people are posting, but now the video and the audio, and you're seeing in real time what right. they're doing every day.
0: The I, I totally agree with that, and I think a big part of it was that using it in that way because it was kind of like a lot of unboxing and a lot of like look of the day and stuff that I just never did. But that was such a lesson to me in connecting with people. Because so much of my humor and like knowledge base is nostalgic, and just because those years are far gone, it doesn't mean I didn't still have the same analytic mind when I was a kid. But like, didn't really think about it or know how to use it. And then when I like looked back on it, there was it was so funny to me that like my entire impression of American history <laughs> <laughs> was through the lens of like a Victorian girl, a World War II child, <laughs> a, a, a pioneer on the Minnesota frontier and uh a, a colonial like a felicity like founded America as far as I was concerned. <laughs> and. Um...
1: But, but the way you articulate it is the way that we all think about it are unable to articulate it in that way with such a sense of humor but really the hook that got me was then when your mom uh messaged you by the way that was her real dress that was oh not- my god you yeah. just threw her under the
0: table it <laughs> unfolded in real time it did and i didn't really even know my mom was like watching my stories at that point point. <laughs> and yeah she came through with receipts and was like look at that tag it's the pleasant company and i was like no it's not the bodice is wrong. But I I think to me too, the um what I loved was the humor of like everybody being like, Yeah, we could only afford one doll. We all pretended we had the doll we really wanted with their furniture and clothes, but we were stuck with the other doll. And like how every Molly owner on the planet undid the braids, took off the glasses, yes. pretended she was Samantha, like Rachel Lee Cook and she's all that. Like <laughs> it was I, I, everybody wanted because they're the same face and hair. Yes, but glasses 100%. and braids. And because
1: mm-hmm. back then we only had four to choose from as well. <laughs> yeah. So it was you know. And you're blonde.
0: Man? Yes. If you're blonde, you get Christ- Kirsten. Right.
1: Yes. Did you get? But Kirsten? also my name was Molly, so it was like a big oh, toss up. <laughs> I mean, it was a yeah. big toss up for me, but I was very uh, sensitive at the time because I wore glasses as well, and I really wanted to you know live through something else. R- yes. Um, right. So I lived through Kirsten. Right. And her wooden truck. That <laughs> <laughs> was a tough life. Yeah. That was
0: my, it's like, it's like how we watch, you know, 90 Day Fiance or Sister Wives or like my 600 pound life. It's like. Live for it. American girls were like your first foray into anti-inspiration. Yes. What's the opposite of anti-aspiration? What's the opposite of aspiration? Something you watch because it's something you don't want. Right. And like these girls' lives were hard. Yeah. Hard. Hard. And yeah. that it's so interesting to me that like that was such an angle at the time that worked and it meant something to us. And I remember so true. And
1: come to think of it, I don't even think we've had anything like that since. No.
0: That's my fixation is like, what do we have that's educating people besides the new one that has food allergies?
1: <laughs> yeah, can we talk about that? The new girl of the year? I know you mentioned it in a previous podcast.
0: I mentioned it on Instagram. I don't know if I've talked about it on here. But it's worth discussing. Yeah, I,
1: the new girl of the year. I, you know, I'm so conflicted on this. Same. Because food allergies obviously is a very relevant topic. I have them. It, uh, it affects many. It affects <laughs> millions of families every <laughs> year. <here. laughs> I can think of other things plaguing our society I a mean, little bit more dire. And I mean that with no disrespect, because I do know people with tremendously sensitive food allergies. Uh, I mean, I'm
0: one of those people. That's why I feel entitled. I, I have a nut allergy, which is pretty right. hardcore. Right, 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 uh, But yeah, not comparable to slavery. At <laughs> all. Like, not comparable at to, like, your friend dying of cholera, not comparable to your dad being off at war. Right. It's like these great American <laughs> stories were told through these women or young girls, and either we've run out of ideas or this generation needs to relate to something more accessible. You know, it's like, and, yeah, I mean, the food allergies are one thing. The owning a farm-to-table restaurant in B&B is just, like, so hilariously, like, hipster. Her biggest issue is that she has trouble disconnecting from her screens. Yeah, I don't know. I just... (laughs) it's like, on the one hand, like, you have young daughters. Like, Absolutely. If you use that as a proxy for being like, what's, well, I don't even know her name. I, I uh, Is oh, it probably is like Skylar? I, <laughs> <up this. laughs>
1: I have no idea. Wait, I do have to look this up. I need to find out what her name is. If you, one thing, if you could go to your daughter and be
0: like, Skylar didn't get to go to her school dance because she was so connected to her screen, she forgot to do her chores and there were consequences. Like, I don't know what these stories could possibly be, but and yeah, that's relatable to kids. But I feel like the education is lost. And maybe that's my uh, disappointment is because I learned so much through this. Or I, I, I should rephrase. I didn't know I was learning so much.
1: Well, it just shows the difference in the hardship nowadays versus back then. And what True. people consider hardships now Right. is completely on an unrelatable scale, I think. Totally. <laughs> to even like 10, 20 years ago. Totally um and as a mom of uh, you know two young girls or heading into teendom um you know it's definitely fascinating the difference between oh, when yeah. I was growing up versus nowadays
0: like what do they do for fun
1: the screens really screen time even when they come over even when my children this blows my mind when my children have their friends come over they're so excited to have them over we're gonna whatever. they sit there both on their screens texting each other they're both in the same room. Really? I'm like, what are you guys doing? you Just talk to each other. What are you sending each other? Do they other? don't want it's you like to hear you, it? You hear their phones, ding, ding. And I'm like, I don't know. That's just how they're it's used so to communicating. so interesting. It's fascinating. Like, don't you guys want to go out and play and... I mean, I used to do like role, I mean, this sounds weird, role play with my friends. Right. We used to You'd be like, in imaginary like worlds. Yeah. We would go outside in the backyard and pretend we were like in Terabithia or
0: whatever. Right, right, right. That's, I used to do Secret Garden.
1: Yes. Flying <laughs> Witch well, in the wardrobe. I was all about it. Right. Um, and it's just like imagination is lost on the kids nowadays. And it's just, you know, everything yeah. is down to like a three-letter word that they've abbreviated from like a five-letter word.
0: Y- you want to pace You want them to pace themselves with like accessibility communication technology, but then you don't want them to be the one person that doesn't have a phone or the thing everyone else has.
1: Oh, 100%. Because then that's a
0: nightmare they're left out. I just that, that yeah these are the these are the things that I think about that I don't even have kids yet that I like run through these scenarios in my head of like what would I do Absolutely, I have because no, there's idea. no precedent
1: for it like we right. didn't have any of this stuff growing up right and you know I'm nostalgic as well you know when you have like a nice childhood that's what you want to create for your children like, right. this is what worked for me and I have happy memories and I want to recreate, recreate that for the kids
0: right interesting like, do they have like, do they play video games? Do they have
1: like toys? We don't. No, you know what? We don't we have. Have like, a twelve-year-old? Like, I have a ta- uh, eleven. She just turned eleven, and a thirteen-year-old. Eleven and thirteen. Yeah. I did get an easel for my daughter, and I put it right in her room. And I'm like, yeah. let's be a little artistic. <laughs> like, let's 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 dig deep for that moment, <laughs> yeah. for that side of the brain, um, That's and channel hilarious.
0: it. I, you just don't want to be one of those people that sounds like,
1: uh, you know. I don't know, music these days is like, you know. It, <laughs> and here I used to make fun of my parents all the time for that. And I'm so that mom now.
0: Oh, I oh. mean, I'm already that
1: person. Yeah. I mean, if I hear one more Chainsmokers song. No, but I remember when like the top 10 came on at night and I would stand there with my mixtape. Same. And I would record. Wait for it, and I'd record and then I would get it wrong or I would miss the first few mm-hmm. notes and it would drive me crazy. And then I would make sure I was extra prepared for the, the number eight to come on. Oh my God. So I yeah. Miss number nine. If you weren't there,
0: you were screwed.
1: I mean the accountability, it was just it was an event, it was a moment. Like they don't know that. They don't know the struggle. No. Do you
0: remember a song called All Cried Out by a band Allure?
1: Oh my gosh, sing the first sing it for me.
0: It starts like Alone on a Sunday morning outside i see the rain is falling oh my gosh i said it song i want to get with you at the Whoa. chorus and then like, it's it's this like banger it, it's it's like don't you know my tears will cause an inferno set this place on fire because i'm tired of your lies all i needed was a simple hello but the traffic was so noisy that you could not hear me cry yeah yeah it's it's <laughs> I'm not gonna, I can't hit these notes. I'll play it for you later. It probably maybe will be my outro song. I'm deciding that I'm cool with the legal implications of songs
1: literally nobody's downloading.
0: Well, I just, I don't wanna. The the good news is more people listen to this. Right. That's what I want. Right. I started it from a place of like low expectations. (laughs) I'm always teetering between the secret and like expect nothing, live frugally on surprise. And uh, I was just like, and I kind of like a low expectations vibe, but then I had a minute where I was like, you know, but yeah, I try to stay within like fair use or whatever, but right. I get spooked. That said, I don't think Allure's all cried out is topping the charts. <laughs> but like, if I can nudge people there, yes. that's what's yeah, confusing about benefit, it all. And that's, right? you know, I, I'm so scared of getting in trouble. Right. Like I... Because you can get in trouble for anything nowadays. Anything. Anything. My mom and I were talking about this like, college thing today and I was like every time a big news story comes out all I do is replay all the things I did I've done that like are non-events right but like I feel like if I ever was accused of a crime it would be so negligent on my part like I would have no idea I was doing it because like I'm just so scared of being in trouble that yeah it's like putting Sprite in a water cup I'm like oh my god like I should have like (laughs) take me to the clinker like I'm a monster (laughs)
1: I know this, this college case has me so, so many emotions. I can't even I tell know. you. It's just, I mean, I know there's so many more details yet to come, and I don't even know what to comment yet. Right. Because I feel like I need to know so much more about it, and this can't be possible. Like, America's favorite mom.
0: Is That's like, tough, too.
1: Is a, is this is a tough one for me. Yeah. Because Aunt Becky, I feel like Aunt Becky lied putting her two twin boys to college, like that's how I envision it.
0: Well, like okay, I was reading today that somebody brought up that there's an episode of Full House. It's episode 93 called "Be True to Your Preschool," where Jesse fudges the application for no. Nikki and Alex's preschool, and he says they like speak French or something. I mean, it's it's so weird.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, I have to watch that. I know. I was like, oh, gosh. I, I don't even yeah. remember that. Well, you know what else didn't age well, and I believe you posted this was her daughter's um, well, video.
0: I know. <sighs> This is tough because I've heard mixed reviews of like, you know, shame on people trying to take down Olivia Jade, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the camp of people that are like, oh my God, spoiled entitled, needs to learn her lesson. Right. I fall somewhere in the middle. Me posting that was in no way trying to take down an 18-year-old. But it was, I think, so, it, it was such a fascinating clip in terms of like, they're fighting and paying this much money for somebody who does not care. And my point was more like, wh- why push? Why lie, cheat, steal? Why commit a felony for a person that's like, you know I don't care about school. I want to tailgate and party. So let her tailgate and party. Right. Because she already has a million followers. Is very successful and very a public. Lucrative,
1: a, a few lucrative deals, I'm yeah. sure, are going on. And... Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. She doesn't even appreciate the fact that she's there. Right. But the other thing that I have a question is, why are some paying 15000 and some 500000 There seems to be a conflict. <laughs> I mean, not to make light of it, but another question I, I have. I think there's a lot to make light of it. As and someone is, why are some charged one fifty, you know, $250,000, i would be a little annoyed as well, if I'm reading through what different people were charged.
0: Oh, totally. To do the same thing. I agree. It's like when I see rate cards of other people's podcasts. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have more. <laughs> I looked into that too and my biggest issue with the discrepancy was Felicity Huffman's 15 grand who's like an a-lister I mean she's an a-list couple like yeah yeah Massimo of Target fame is important to all of us on a different scale but he's not like his household I think a lot of people didn't even realize he's Massimo of Massimo fame like right there's Massimo there's exhilaration there's what Merino or like what's the other Target brand the one that's like in the back towards the maternity that's a little oh, um, i don't know everything's under 1499 it's right. fine it's like Murano, Marino. it's 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 fine it's just a lot of like contempo casuals crew neck basics right um i i i love i love target clothing i when i found that out i was like oh wow that's like such an interesting right? duo i mean yeah and i, I wonder who's the breadwinner between like her residuals her hallmark stuff versus like his alleged fashion empire i don't know but when i looked into Felicity versus Lori. Felicity only paid to have the answers on the SAT changed. Correct. She did not
1: do the staged rowing
0: photos. Right. Right. So hers was just an SAT score. She did it for her first kid, backed out of her second. And the reason William H. Macy was not taken into custody is because the record that they have of his emails is him backing out. Correct. Okay, so that's what I was reading tonight. I was like, I think that I understand this because everyone's like, why isn't William H. Macy there? I'm like, I, th- I don't think they have anything incriminating other than his like mm. vague participation but ultimate deciding not to right. do
1: it. a little bit of morality shown through.
0: Yes. Yes. But I guess Felicity did too, eventually. My, under- my wonder with them is like, did they actually maybe not understand the magnitude of it and they like backed out eventually? I think some of these parents maybe didn't know it was a felony, mm-hmm. not defending them at all. But my, because when I first heard it out, I'm excluding Lori Lachlan's case from this because it's a totally different animal. But the parents that did the proctors, the SATs, whatever, mm-hmm. I can see, especially if you're in like a kind of tone deaf echelon of, well, and everybody else is doing it, you're like, SATs are kind of like uh, municipal fake law, like an honor code. Right. It, you shouldn't do it, but you're not breaking the real law. Right. And they probably didn't think the implications were this serious. But crazy part is, is when my understanding is that when you, the guy funnels it into his phone nonprofit and you're not claiming it on your tax returns, then you're like cash committing tax fraud. Right. And then the other stuff is like mail fraud. And it's like, it's kind of these ancillary laws that make them guilty, not the actual action itself of that. You
1: know Absolutely. what I mean? I just question why, as a parent, you would want your child to go to a school that they would not mm-hmm. be able to get into. I just, I would want my child to attend a school that they would feel confident in mm-hmm. um, academically mm-hmm. and everything else. Like, why would I push my child to be at a school that they probably weren't academically ready for? Although it does seem, and I, USC is a great school, um, I have family that went there, goes there, and... But they made it seem like it was like Harvard, Yale, and all the Ivy Leagues at first, and that's not what USC is. No, it's
0: literally not an Ivy, and that. And when you look at like the list of all the people involved, it's all it's ninety eight percent USC. But the media headlines were like Ivy League schools. There was one Yale coach and like one Georgetown, but Georgetown's not an Ivy, right? Um, my friend that grew up in LA said that USC. It has a notoriously murky admissions process with a lot of loopholes, and that it's very well known. It's it's about who you know, okay. Which is an interesting like cultural tidbit about sure. USC that because yeah. you know your initial reaction is like, well, Jesus! If like people that don't need this, like Felicity Huffman and William H Macy are participating, this must be endemic of a much larger problem that this is the tip of the iceberg. But that kind of led me to believe like actually this might be a little bit USC centric. So when your denominator is people that are important and you don't stand out as much, you know, big punt. Right. Maybe you have to go to great lengths to get your kids into these schools. But again, if I was going to lie, cheat, and steal, I'd go to Harvard. Right?
1: I mean, if you're going to go, go big.
0: Yeah. I know. <laughs> and again, I know nothing about USC. Just in terms, if it's about the pedigree. Right. It, there, there is a difference between Ivy League school and not one. Like, I'd at least go to Stanford. I mean, I I just, I don't get the USC specification, which leads me to believe there's something weird about that school.
1: But what I also don't, don't understand is, okay, let's say you have 100000 to $500,000 to burn. Um, why wouldn't you give a donation to the school? Because I feel like a lot of wealthy people yeah. will maybe don't. I mean, that's legal. Right. Right. That's a definitely much more legal way to do it. Like just donate the money to I mean, if that's the route you're thinking of taking to get your child in somewhere. Right. Why don't they just like donate it to the school, build a building or something?
0: Well, it's like against that group of people is Lori Lachlan's money. Yeah. Like, you know, pennies. Right. But that is different in that. It it's that money is actually funding something tangible. Mm-hmm. A private a private university only th- survives off of private donation. Right. So I can see a correlation with a family benefiting from that because they're benefiting the school way more than the school is benefiting from this one dude coming
1: in. Right. And I, now I question everything. Like I, I question know. every place I go where there's a line. Is someone paying some? You know, at Disney World, you can pay someone and you get a private tour. You can. I mean, you right. got to color me mine. and You pay someone, and you get color to the front <laughs> of the line. <laughs> It's like, where does it end? In
0: front of the kiln. Yeah.
1: <laughs> where does it end? Is, is everyone getting no, paid off
0: somewhere? It's a daunting thought. And I feel like I am a person that's like comes across as a conspiracy theorist. And I'm so not, but like, I think that the more that comes out and the more, you know, whether it's the uh, Harvey Weinstein's and Creeps of the World, the Matt Lowers, where it's like all this comes out, but before that, there's a. The hundreds of people that are complicit and they're just like this is the way it's always been mm-hmm. and it's like how many industries captains of industry how many institutions are just like this is the way it's always been and they're just waiting for the you know other shoe to drop and it's like because we know that athletes have been paid off to come in as recruits right like, that's been a thing in a story and right. i'm sure it still happens but like just the fundamental idea even something that you think is so pure like a merit-based system is completely eradicated with oh,
1: yeah. money
0: it's even if we kind of knew it I guess the proof is discouraging
1: well and honestly my first thought when this all went down was you and your hallmark Christmas shows and how it's going to affect that oh my god Christmas movies. yes you putting and- that out <laughs> to me
0: I immediately <laughs> texted
1: was- my dad and I was like this is my chance yeah I feel like there is a big opening for any interested actresses at the Hallmark Channel right now, well, so there's I'm, a gaping hole that I feel will be filled in the 2019 2020 Hallmark. Do you think that's Christmas. why she was in Vancouver? Oh, she's filming now, 100. percent Is she? Well, then I just read on my way over on Twitter because that's all I have <laughs> <laughs> um, that she posted her million dollar bail, so she's out right now. But that she doesn't have to surrender her passport to next December because then she's done so she can film in Canada. She does not have to surrender her passport. They might be Hallmark Christmas fans, I would imagine. I thought the whole point was like you're sequestered. A hundred percent. Only Lori Loughlin. (laughs) No, I ruined it. (laughs) Could get out of that because they want her to finish her Hallmark Hmm. Christmas movies. But she's only in When Calls the Heart. Right. What did you tell me
0: you oh. need to change it to? I'll just look back to where it talks. Um Oh, um, it's like, uh, when calls in a
1: favor. Yeah. Like <laughs> something
0: like that. Yeah, I mean, th- th- that's the irony, is the Hallmark Starlet is going to become a Lifetime movie. Which, and she
1: would have made a great Felicity Huffman in this story. She would have. That's the
0: ultimate irony. You're so right. She would have been perfect. It, but, oh. I don't, and maybe I'm so off base. In my head, Felicity Huffman is just not as guilty. Because it was just the SAT. Because it was just the SAT.
1: and the SAT, Isn't that funny how we're now so skewed? That we're like, you know. guys, It was just the SAT cheating and changing a few answers. Right. I'm not saying I would do it, but I can see how in that world that would
0: seem something that you could like maybe nudge yourself towards doing. It's still wrong and it's still punishable. hundred percent. The 500 grand to admit your daughter against her will to a school that other people are dying to go to, that are paying their way into, that have overcome major adversity to get into, and to have your daughters lie in posed with rowing equipment as minors for your, I mean, it, the, it's unconscionable. Right. It's disgusting. It's I joke about Lori Laughlin, but like it really is so alarming and serious that it could just be so breezily pulled off and that she has a huge YouTube career and never mentions rowing. Right. And like, they don't even seem to like, be worried about that. And the good thing is they caught that. Like it's all the coaches of the non-major sports. It's water polo. It's, volleyball it's crew crew it's 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 these people that want the cash need the cash want the connections are willing to do it and it's messed up and I don't know it's just it's funny I'm I'm just hearing differing opinions of people thinking of it's more or less important or the kids are more or less accountable and Felicity Huffman's trajectory shows me that I think she realized it was wrong Right. Not that it was ever right. Right. But if it was, I think she pulled I out of the, it. I feel
1: the guilt ate at her enough yes. that she didn't do it for the second. Yes. And as, we all, as any mom or parent knows, you want to give the same treatment to your second as you give your first. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big moment mm-hmm. of clarity. So I'm going to give her that. Yeah. And clearly, William was like... No, we're not doing this. But I also am a mom who, um, in my 20s, wrote a um, actually a post on Twitter back in the day mm. um, that, was enti- that was titled, I Do Not Want My Child to Get a First Place Ribbon.
0: And Interesting. It was- <laughs> so controversial. Like, yes, it was a very controversial <laughs>
1: topic. And it was back in, well, it still is today, of Everybody Gets a Ribbon. yeah. And it was my feelings on, please don't give everyone a ribbon. Yeah. I want, if my daughter wins, to feel really good about that mm-hmm. ribbon she gets. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't win, I want her to learn how to lose gracefully. Mm-hmm. And I don't want everyone to get a ribbon. And mm-hmm. I don't want everyone to be, you did this? Well, I, I feel that. I just feel like people don't get that that high, that natural high of, of doing well in something. Because that all the people next to you get the ribbon too. And all, you know. Totally. And so, you know, I can go both sides. <laughs> I'll have to find that essay. Oh, you, my gosh. I want to read I was very it. passionate
0: about well, it. And it's, like, so interesting.
1: Yes. You didn't have kids then. Is that what? No, it was right after I had – so I had Carolyn when I was 27. Um, so and I must have wrote at it. 27. I had Carolyn at 27, and I had Sophie at 29. And I think I wrote oh. it in between the two. So I must have been, like, you know, 27, 28. So progressive. And I was yeah very progressive. <laughs> uh, I want to re- no because I have to find it's on Twitter. If anybody wants to do a deep dive on my Twitter, you'll find
0: it. The other weird part about like your article and stuff that I think about is how much of like my personality and humor was developed as a result of feelings of inadequacy. Mm hmm. And I know that sounds weird, but I almost think that like that phase of your life that's so excruciating, I'm sure for the people around you to witness, is so important for you developmentally. And it's kind of like how popular girls in high school burn bright but burn out fast. And then you go back to your hometown and it's like rough stuff. Okay, that's in my essay. Oh, my gosh. I have to
1: find this. I'm going to read it to you after our podcast. Funny. (laughs) Yes. And it was about how, you know, the people that got all the, you know, acclaim in like high school have now come. uh. Right, not done so well later in life. And then you look at the people that had to struggle and fight for kind of the attention and the, uh, you know, awards and how awesome they're doing and how much they appreciate and glow, you know, in their success. Right. And, you know, I have friends who their prime was junior year in high school. That was their big moment. And um, that was it.
0: Yeah, something about feeling like you have something to work toward makes you a little more scrappy and it's not that you want to manufacture that your kid is an underdog but it's that and it's not that you want them to feel like overly like an underdog it's right. the the way I've always like said it to my mom is like I when I was at school I felt out of place but when I was at home I felt like a genius right and like home is like who I was and mm-hmm. school was my context
1: I think that's true for a lot of people
0: yeah, and I it's, think like, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's just important that, like, people know who they are, even if for a moment they forget it when, like, other stuff is, like, weighing in on them. Mm-hmm. And it's easier said than done, obviously. Right.
1: But but I have to tell you, like, some of my losses were some of my most pivotal moments that I can remember more clearly than a lot of yeah. my wins.
0: Oh, my God. and they, Like,
1: breakups, too, especially. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I can tell you, when I lost second place at Spelling Bee to Katie Churko uh, because of the word raisin... I mean, I will never forget that. I will never forget how to spell raisin as well. But I mean, those never, are moments. Have we ever Wait, talked about this? Do you know how to spell raisin? <laughs> of course oh, you do. I'm like, but I, I mean, I went the whole do way. You know Sorry. <laughs> I did know. Um, I can't believe, like, I, I mean, the words that we were given were, you know, this long, like, four syllable, and I lost on the word raisin, and I will never ever forget it. And to Katie Churchill, I you spell it. I spelled it R A I S E N. That's like a combo of raisin and reeson, a popular candy at the time. (laughs) And I will never let it go. And I will never forget that moment because I was so sure I was. How old were you? So this was the eighth grade like spelling bee challenge. I mean, this was huge. Like, I'm like, could I have had like a really good word that I could have boasted? Like, oh, well, it was, you know, Uh,
0: like I honestly, my mind is blown right now. Like I was in fifth grade and I lost on the word eucalyptus. Okay, well,
1: see, that's bragging rights. Well, but I think that was one of my words, though, if I remember correctly, yucalyptus. that and photoplasm and like all those big words, got them all. Raisin. I, I literally I can't look at reasons to this <laughs> day. It's really traumatic for me. Very
0: emotional. It's an inside joke with my family. Like this, that my spelling bee loss was my first. Uh, I guess public failure. Mm-hmm. Yes, a, a B. It's it's in front of people. You, there's a lot of hype. You, like, almost don't think you're going to get there. And, like, like there's nothing tra- as traumatizing as people at that age watching you do something oh, yeah. and failing. And I think people don't get, like, if you're in a chorus concert or, like, whatever, your jazz band, it's, it's not individualized and it's not win or lose. The, the heat, I can still feel, like, radiating through my, like, pale skin. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, like, when I – because that – because exactly – that's when I learned how to lose, and I yes. learned that my parents were like, "Oh my God, you made it so far!" And I was like, "I made it far. I lost." They're like, "But I think no, it's, it's such not the a, point."
1: A huge growing moment, and what we're missing out of nowadays because, you know, we all know what it feels like to win. It's amazing. It's great. That's wonderful. But to know how to lose and to lose gracefully and take that lesson and learn from it, and ma- which actually makes you a better person, a more well-rounded person, a more right. interesting person. Um, And nowadays I feel that if a spelling bee was going on and I got – or someone, you know, came in second, the parents would come in and say, you didn't give a fair word to my child and that's why Mm -hmm. they deserve a recount. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just so different nowadays. Like, let your child lose.
0: And I trust you saying that because you have children. I feel like I'll have this philosophical discussion. But then, like, you know, uh, tugboats, like – you know, showing his teeth at a toddler. And I'm like, your toddler's being
1: aggressive. 100%. Listen, I don't say that. I don't go after Wendy when she goes after my my (laughs) lovely daughters as well.
0: But (laughs) I'm
1: just saying, um, you know, we all have our moments. Yeah, I think you can like kind of... uh, I want my kids to feel the range of emotions. Let's just say that. Yes. And I
0: think that as a parent, you have to allow yourself to be able to handle the range of emotions i guess is the bottom line because you have to and again not a parent but the way i would feel is like a gut check of is this to spare me of pain because i can't see them in pain right and in doing that am i robbing them of experience right and when it's just part of life and it's unfortunate but it's reality (laughs) (laughs) because like at
1: daycare they'll be like he was a little uh rough today and I'm like you're rough I'm never coming here again (laughs) well I'm laughing because I grew up with a mom who was um who worked at a animal shelter and she brought in all the misfit dogs Mm -hmm. that no one would take because they had something wrong with them so if you came to Lucy
0: Lucy apple juice
1: so if you came over to my home it was the land of misfit toys
0: it was just like
1: keep the dogs they just like fostered for a while no, we kept them all. Oh, we had, yeah, we grew up on a farm. I grew up on a farm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you. cows, bulls, chickens, goats. Wow. Are you outdoorsy? Not at all. <laughs> like, can you like identify with it? Yes. Be, like, go to a hayride? I mean, I would totally go on a hayride. 100%. <laughs> I, so. I would find the cutest outfit. It would be the best. Yeah. I want to be outdoorsy so badly. I want to be outdoorsy so too. In fact, when I saw, well, which housewives was it, um, where they went clamping? Now that's. Oh, in, in Glamis? Yeah. it was a Bass Lake? Well, yeah. Bass Lake. Um,
0: it was you know, OC. No, and yeah, no, it was Glamis. And they, the, when they went in the dune buggies and like mm-hmm. Heather Dubrow and co like yeah. rolled. That was like scary actually. It was scary
1: when she got um, hella lifted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor Vicky. That show used to be a lot better. Yeah. But yes. I'm very bored by a lot of them mm. um, nowadays. There are a few like new ones that are breathing new life. Yeah. um into some and I'm excited about them but yeah. OC's oh, dead to me the New-, New York's premiere was abysmal last week did you watch it I did watch it I was very confused by Sonia Morgan Oh my god, that was hilarious and sad, and it was all the emotions, it was all the stuff. Yeah, it was like blackout 2019 in a Sonia Morgan. Really was. Like, I didn't know how to feel. I had a whole range of emotion. Scotch taping the right. It's like an expectation,
0: reality, corroboration in real time that you're like not ready to do.
1: Yeah, and it was like a lot of heaviness with Bethany and the death and Brynn and in the into I'm I'm prison. <laughs> there's so much to say i mean it's so much to say but it was just like i don't know
0: i know it's, it's part of me fears that the series is growing tired mm-hmm. and had a heyday mm-hmm. um i'm looking at my phone oh okay on my phone it says series is growing tired and had a heyday okay i'm looking <laughs> at my phone do you see this yes i realize i said siri oh and the worst part is part of me is like i wonder if i can log in instagram but i'm the moron that um logged out and
1: deleted the app
0: to i did it. the same thing and i still can't get in
1: because i thought it was me because i had flown on a plane and i was and i got off the plane and that's when it stopped working and i was like oh something happened while i was on the plane i got I, in you did
0: should we drop everything scroll?
1: Stop. stop the podcast we're back
0: oh my god is everyone like hey girl how are you what's oh new gosh. did taylor swift post anything
1: we're oh my gosh! Like, Watch her have had like this huge reveal today, and we've been honestly, sitting here talking my about why my child should not get first place. No, she didn't. Okay, whew. we're safe. Um, Sorry, no. This is this is so much fun. This is an amazing feeling. I know. Well, like it was such an unfortunate because I put like, it's like a, I just got into USC on my own merit. <laughs> 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 what a dream! Weird. What a life! Sorry,
0: that was <laughs> I know. Now we're so distracted. Uh, I know. N- no, the. Uh, are you watching Beverly Hills, though? Lucy Lucy Applejuice?
1: I did not watch the last one.
0: What is the Nothing new happened. That's the name of the dog Dorit
1: got that rid of. she, the, the whole yeah. thing. Which was obviously a setup. We, I need to know, you did talk about this a little bit. Feeling Lisa over the years and her very orchestrated moments i do feel like it is definitely an orchestrated event that was done and then she does her usual i have nothing i don't know what you're talking about i have like i'm just so tired of that same routine i I feel like she plays that same role all the time and i'm just kind of over it and we have a critical mass of examples now whereas before it was
0: seemed like maybe maybe not but now i'm like it's well, and the spin-off of Vanderpump Dogs is what's like really frustrating to me and right. how obvious it is that like it's a setup for another series that I'm not going to watch and I know I said that about Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> but truly like and it's like the Johns, the two Johns have like these confusing last names. It's like Blizzard and it's like Sussex and Blizzard or like Blizzard and I don't even know but they're I don't know the whole thing is but like has Vanderpump Dogs is that confirmed? I'm pretty sure okay. it's confirmed as a spinoff. Okay. And then Lisa can bow out of Housewives and make the same cash off for two spinoffs. Right. Which, it, it's crazy, because Vanderpump Rules is, is like God's gift to Bravo, but like... It is a favorite. It's a favorite of it's most. It's so it good. It is so good. And But when it was happening in real time, and they tried to transition from the episode of them catering Kyle's party two Vanderpump rules. I was like, what's happening? This is a joke. I'm never going to watch this. 100%. Like, as far as I was concerned, it was kind of, well, like, people like Married to Medicine, but that's, like, my <laughs> example of a show I don't watch right. or care about. Right. And uh, it turned out to be great. And, like, I, don't, I, I just, I don't know. I, I guess the, I can't fundamentally understand, like, the inherent drama of, like, a dog rescue shelter because if, with the philanthropic heart, you would hope it wouldn't be, like, People arguing over, like, sections, tips, boyfriends. Like, I mean,
1: you know, like, you're working at a nonprofit. Like, relax. Right. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> well, there's the absence of alcohol, too, which has been a uh, oh, staple <laughs> yeah. of many a good reality show. I don't feel that there's going to be the alcohol pouring at the Vanderpump Pets. No, you're 100% right. <laughs> and I think that may decrease the drama tenfold.
0: I think that, like, now, at this point, my inter- interest level is in Dorit because I think she is so beautiful and her accent's so crazy and her (laughs) looks are so strong and they're so expensive and she's like borderline in financial trouble which is just like a perfect storm Mm -hmm. I think Erica Jane has stupid amounts of money her husband and her never see each other they like are kind of in like a business friendship sitch maybe right now And he kind of, like, bankrolls her, but she's getting to a point where she's spending so much money, she, like, actually has to earn her keep. Mm -hmm. This is totally my, just, like, general analysis. I'm running with you. Because we don't see Tom ever. Ever. And Tom's been in the news for, like, some questionable things with his um, law firm. Mm -hmm. And I don't care. My issue so often with these housewives is people will just blanket, like, a person that, like, has money, period. There's there's money and there's private jet money. Right. There's money and there's fly your team of stylists and and a glam team of four people out to be with you 24/7 and give them their own $20,000 suite in
1: Dubai. Yes.
0: That's insane. That the, the, yes, it's that is like play money f u money like levels that like do not match. You know, CEO PE firm like yeah, there's a lot of people that make a lot of money. Right. But then there's like unlimited funding and i have trouble figuring out who sits where like i know pk is not i mean like what's boy george up to karma chameleon like (laughs) how much more can you really do with these like charity gigs i'm i'm an apologist for a lot of like polarizing bravo characters i feel like because if i see them as a mom or a sweet caring wife like a sweet daughter or whatever i'm like
1: like I don't know. That just like does it for me. Yeah. Well you can I, I mean my giveaway is when you wipe away the tears and there's no tears there, but you're just doing the wipe. And that's like what like that's such a great proxy we- for- yes. It's just I need to see the wetness, I need to see it fall, I need to see it like a little <laughs> bit underneath the lid. And then if you wipe it away, okay, then I feel like we're we're getting somewhere. But that's it's
0: so funny. You need to see like the Lauren Conrad single mascara yeah. uh, tear. Like- <laughs>
1: yes, well, iconic. Oh my gosh. Have you been watching the new season of Very Cavallari? Yes. What are your thoughts?
0: I'm worried. Jay knows he's a breakout star.
1: Oh, And he's playing into his because role because he's a very different personality. I feel than the first season. Mm-hmm. Jay,
0: first season Jay was likable because he was so unlikable, right? Like he just really had no interest in anything that was going on. Now I feel like he's kind of leaning in, which inevitably you're going to do. I don't think. He, I think he probably went in being like, people already hate me and make memes of me with cigarettes hanging out of my <laughs> mouth. But then we were all weirdly charmed by him because I think I think a lot more people have the significant other that's like everything you do is weird and strange and I don't get it and right. like I'm gonna do my own thing. I think that relationship is like totally fine. I think opposites attract and I think a lot of times a lot of what's fun about a dynamic is just like fundamentally not really like understanding the things the other person loves, but you love each other anyway, and that's still kind of exciting and cute. Absolutely. Um, My husband and I are very much opposites, but it like totally works for us because we're not overly entrenched in each other's worlds. And I know, I
1: think that's how it works.
0: Our independence in parallel. Right. And um, with, but with him, he was already a public figure that people didn't like. But then something about him not working and like watching deer cams all day was so (laughs) endearing. It
1: was. I mean, how is that not endearing? That was, yeah.
0: Yeah. And like, I, I don't know. Part of me was just like, oh, he, Played as long as he could. Now he's a family guy. They have so much money. Like, he's chilling. They love each other. They have three kids. And I'm like, oh, my God. She had
1: three kids before she was 30. Like, and she looks amazing and phenomenal. My, my issue with the season is that you have a stri- very strong character in, mm-hmm. in Kristen. Um, and that's it. I don't really <laughs> feel that the rest of the cast kind of...
0: What do you mean you don't care about that girl <laughs> with the gummy smiles I dating mean- life? <laughs>
1: I just, I need, like, another either polar opposite or someone she's having major... Do you mean, like, I just need something else. I need, like, a very strong other character. Yeah, no. And I don't see that this season. Last season we had... With the T. Shannon. Thank you.
0: You're right. Shannon is a noticeable absence. I met Shannon. She was a That's right. You came to the
1: party. Or you... Yeah, we went to the viewing party.
0: And... uh, I... Kelly and I, and we were like, observed them closely, and we both agreed that Brittany, with the weird spelling, the Britanny, A I N Y, was the most beautiful person we've ever seen in person that didn't translate to TV. Because she's obviously uh-huh. beautiful on TV, but yeah. she has like a very strong brow yes. and like a very strong face, and she's so stunning on television. But I saw her in person, and I was like,
1: oh. You know how sometimes that happens? Oh, it happens a lot of the times, yeah. Uh, and some would, people that don't look as good in person look yes. amazing on television. Yes. It works both ways. It works yeah. both ways. Some people are just more photo, you know what I mean? You have a face for TV. Yeah, it's
0: very bone yeah. structure centric, right. I gather. Um, but she, uh, and her and her boyfriend were like cute off screen or whatever, but the problem for me is like when Kristen's like, I have everything on the line, like this is my business, my name, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't have everything on the line. <laughs> You're sitting on a hill, a literal, like, llama-filled hill (laughs) of, like, $40 million from your husband's Bears contract that he didn't even, like, you know, he, according to sports people, I guess, didn't really even do that great.
1: Right. Their lifestyle
0: is not hinging. No. On uh, her business. And for an entrepreneur to be portrayed like that, Mm -hmm. like, an entrepreneur's reality is so not, like, they're shipping empty boxes. (laughs) Like, I'm going to have a talk with them. It's like... It, the, the stress, the stress is more intense, and the stress is a lot less um, surface. Like right. that problem is so fixable. That problem is so stupid for um, Brittany like, to be like borderline crying,
1: talking to the fulfillment team. I'm like, oh my god, shit. As a store manager back in the day, um and I had multiple stores in different cities, yeah. and I had different store managers, and I would, and myself included, we all missed things, or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Not any of those one thing Right. If any of the things that she's talking about, right. Would not have been a, a cause for firing. Right. Or letting go completely. Right. It's a conversation and that's, that's it. So I just... It's so it's like, seems is it not real? Like, I feel like it's an ego thing. I feel like Kristen wants... It's, it's Kristen. And I feel like Shannon had a really big presence. Yeah. But I, do, but I do feel Kristen doesn't understand the importance of having other big personalities for a show. Like you need right. more than just your presence. Right. Um, I don't mean to bust the ego but that is true it's not oh totally I mean some people could carry a show Bethany I feel like for a little while was able to carry
0: it's almost like your life your personality takes you to a point that you plateau until your environment gives you inherent drama right and like lucky for her like she's in a great situation she has a a husband and three great kids and she's in a very happy family situation that a lot of people would kill for and it unfortunately just doesn't it doesn't give you great dramatic television especially if you choose to not put your kids on tv right so she needs to have characters like shannon like britney like reagan like whatever who are dating right who have conflict Who have shareable situations in their lives because I think to a point, when you get married and have kids, there's a level of sacred that you're not gonna put out there. Absolutely. That makes other people better candidates for the show.
1: Any good reality show, you have the drama, you have the conflict, you have the resolution, you have the makeup, tears, and drinks and wine and sitting on the couch. And you know, you have to have all of that. Right. If you're gonna get rid of the characters that are gonna bring that out of you.
0: Like, I always, th- I think about this a lot. Like, sometimes my husband and I all have, like, a funny interaction. And I'm like, can you imagine if there were cameras here, how they would make that look? Right. Like, <laughs> like that's why I try not to be too harsh. Because everyone has their MO and like, what's their version of normal that's, like, so not offensive and normal. But, like, we'll ignore each other, like, half the time. And it's, like, innocuous or right. whatever. Oh, yeah. Or I think about, I mean, like, I just, I, I'm not a person that ever fights. With Like, I don't get in knockdown, drag-out fights with my friends, which then makes me realize, like, oh, these people aren't friends. Right. That's why they're fighting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Do you feel well, like I'll- you could
1: go to, like, long lunches over Chinese chicken salad and, like, duke it out? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I also wonder, again, like, with all these reality shows and whatever, it's like, how much of it ma- did they meet the first day of filming? Or were they – Right. Do you know what I mean? There's obviously a lot of manufactured –
0: there's a sincerity that comes with something being new that's just so hard to continue because now people – it's like The Bachelor. I mean, the intentions – do you watch The Bachelor? I do watch The Bachelor. If I haven't, let you I the haven't
1: watched the last episode. Last night. Right. So you are caught up until last night. Correct. Uh, but, I mean, I've seen enough today before the blackout to yeah. kind of get the do feel. Do you know what happened? With him and Cassie and yeah. the whole thing? Yeah. So they're, like, together. I mean, they're on the cover. Okay. She's gotten her.
0: She has a new face. She, um, <laughs> I mean. You're going to get a kick out of watching last night's. He goes to find her. Uh, He breaks up the other two girls. Mm-hmm. Goes to tell her that she's the one and he's going to chase after him. Which, A, it's like, okay, we're on network TV here. We're talking, you know, five-plus million people. and the narrative we're encouraging is she says she doesn't like me, but I'm going to pursue her anyway. Right. And then she says, no, really I'm going home, but I'm going (laughs) to chase her anyway. Like that's romantic. It's It's so uncomfortable. There's nothing less attractive than somebody who is not hearing you, who's obsessed with you, who it's like, how, like, there's something so, there's a disconnect between when I'm saying I'm not there and you're saying, but I'm here and I'm doing whatever it takes to get you to my level. It's like, it's just not an exchange. And anyway, so he goes to chase after her. He says, I broke up with Kaylin and Tasha, And she starts laughing. And like, it's the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. I, I, I've, again, my DM tips. I've had people say that like, they... Basically, the franchise was like, can you just pretend you're dating for six months? And like, I have no clue of the merit of that whatsoever. But based on the entire season up until the last 40 minutes that I would I assume they weren't together. Right. And they've never not had an engagement. Well, no, Brad Womack didn't choose Deanna Pappas or that other girl. Right. But that was the only one. And I think that they... I think the bachelor is suffering a little bit because of the fab fit fun of it all. Right. And like <laughs> they need, they need something to feel injected with like authenticity. Right. And if they're like, it's okay that you're not engaged. It makes them look good that they're not forcing it. But like, she's obviously there to be famous. She went from under 20 K followers to now having 1.1 million to the blackout. I have not seen what she's gotten. If I were, if I'm being honest, I would be, Concerned if I were her that the day after, I didn't have right. people have access. She probably like lost a pretty serious chunk of people today, Oh which, yeah, fine by me.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's okay. I'm not feeling that bad for her today. No. But did you also read today, I saw that um, she made a statement because she was with her ex-boyfriend, all about the ex-boyfriend oh, that know. she was with, that she had been filming a project with up until she got casted. His
0: name is Kaylin, spelled like Kaylin, her best friend on the oh. show, C-A-E.
1: Isn't that weird? Oh, my gosh. That's so weird. and I mean, how hotter like, than a
0: guy whose name is Kalen, oh, C-A-E-L-Y-N. Oh,
1: my gosh. Hard pass.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that she was on and off with for many years, filmed this project, mm-hmm. then filmed like the second sequel mm-hmm. to this project, mm-hmm. and then he went off to go do something, and she got cast then for The Bachelor. Yep. I mean, it's just a little odd. It's so odd. Uh, the, it's...
0: The, the thing that nobody's saying is like, like I, Greg and I have like seriously talked about like, should we like concoct a breakup story right where I go on, I get more followers and, and, and can monetize this better than I could in the next decade in two months. Right. You come back and whisk me off my feet and I go back with you. I become a villain for a hot minute, but I have endorsements for at least the, 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 a tight three to five years. Absolutely. like
1: As long as you drink your skinny tea, you're good. As long as I
0: drink my skinny tea. <laughs> and... I, I'm like this. This is such concocted behavior, and like it's the thing nobody's saying, which is, which is, it's kind of like watching Vanderpump Rules and being like, "You're
1: not broke, right? You know, you're not a surfer, right? Like, let's evolve the franchise. Like Tom and Ariana, who just bought their two million dollar home, but they've been living where they can't plug in their toaster and their curling and iron on the, the same." Iron exactly right we don't understand that how were you able to buy a two million dollar like stunning newly renovated home but you couldn't plug in two things at the same time
0: a hundred percent that makes no sense to me example of like where production interferes with the show's ability to evolve because i think they're better i think i am so much more interested in somebody's rise to fame Then somebody's self-deprecating, pretending to be nobody. Right. And that's where YouTubers go wrong. That's where influencers go wrong. When you're like, I'm still nobody. Like, I'm not doing anything. But like, they've moved into a mansion. They're drowning in free stuff. Right. And their entire face is new.
1: Right. Like, you get a full (laughs) set of veneers. Something's up. Right. 100%. (laughs) It's not covered by insurance. But I think that's the problem that a lot of the reality shows are facing. Not only The Bachelor, but, you know, 90 Day Fiance. It's like, they already know how it plans out. So what's to stop me tonight from going online and say, hey, you want to pretend you're my boyfriend and I'm going to get us a show and just pretend you like me for six months. Right. We'll do a fun wedding. We can annul it after whatever. But we'll both have endorsement deals and we'll make cashmere wraps that we'll sell. Right. And that's where people like me,
0: you too, even though you've, you're way more established in social media than I am, it's like I am freaking tap dancing out here for like <laughs> four followers a day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's. It is, it is so hard to build a legit organic following. Absolutely. In days like today with the blackout, I'm like, could I just like, you know, go to a site and buy like a few thou, nobody will notice like the blackout. Right. Maybe they were withholding. Follow- <laughs> yes. It's like when I got my tonsils out, I was like, maybe I have a beautiful singing voice. Yes. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> it's the unknown. But I don't, I don't want to cheat. It's like the, yeah, the Lori Loughlin of that. Like I don't
1: want to look back on this and give people advice and yeah. give, be like, I didn't do the work. Right. Well, I can tell you now that they have the software because I work with a bunch of PR big PR companies and they have software that shows that because when they look for influencers yeah, that they run on them and they can see on each day how many influencers and there's all of yes. a sudden like you get 100 on this day, 150, and all of a sudden 5,000 exactly on mm-hmm. this day. They know exactly what happened. And so they're catching on very quickly. And they say to I mean, this is what they say to me, is that they care more about who is following than how many. That's what they and say. The, and the engagement, listen, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the game as much as everyone else yeah. is. So I'm still trying to figure it all out. I'm not a fan of the people who buy their followers. I do believe in orga- organic um, engagement. And it's, you know, slow and steady wins the race. I hope. But then I'm sometimes you're like, cheaters <laughs> get, get so far,
0: far ahead. They do. Listen, ahead it's hard.
1: Of it's hard to know, right? Because then you see the people who buy their 20,000, 25,000 followers, and they're getting insane right. deals. And, you know. I was saying to Antonio today, who was having a full-fledged freakout over this this blackout. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> as I was trying he's, to call He's 19, 20. Yes, he's and 19. And
0: like, not that age is a factor, but also... your age dictates probably how
1: instrumental it is into your like day to day, right? Absolutely. He also um, manages a lot of uh, reality stars. He manages their social media. So to him, it's, you know. Well, it's like deals, it's like money. It's it's a lot of money every day. Um, You know, there's timed posts and Mm -hmm. that is agreed upon in a written contract and whatnot. And I was saying, wouldn't it be so funny if when it comes back on, we all had zero followers and we had to start all over again?
0: It's a black mirror.
1: Yes. Like, how amazing would that be? And then we would all refollow who we wanted to, and it would be legit. I literally had this daydream today, and I was like, ooh, I love that. I love that. Who are I mean, the first people that know. come to your mind right? that you care and are engaged with? And like, uh, yes. Would he was like, that's my worst nightmare. Don't say that. Don't jinx that on me. And my, all my clients. His clients, especially if they're like housewives or mm-hmm. whatever, they're – Prime
0: window would have passed just based on media functionality alone right but like whenever i'm trying to negotiate like podcast ads and stuff and they're like operating off the traditional cpm and like i know a ton about the valuation of media from working at nielsen for six years and i am explaining like there's a coefficient of engagement of organic insertion of longevity of evergreen of like this will live in my podcast for the rest of time and I have these conversations of, that people don't understand where, but then when you compare it back to like this person is valuable at this minute for this much for this second and Absolutely. they don't carry it on and they don't have the consistency and there's no evergreen aspect. It frustrates me that their value is so much higher than a person who's like delivering more. Mm-hmm. And even though so often sponsors and stuff will like back out or like not agree with me, I feel very like, not entitled, like, called to fight for a different business model that doesn't reflect traditional media in this medium because I do think it's different. Right. And, like, I do think that there's a difference between a person on The Bachelor that has, like, a three-month arena of time where they can make a ton of money, but if they can make it last, they deserve it. Right. You know, it's like exposure versus effort. Right. Right. And it's, it's a constant battle, and it's like I never want to discount the exposure because if I had it, would I milk it a million percent? Of course. Um, but to your point about resetting to zero, I think that is where, like, who is actually putting serious effort right? into being, like, a presence.
1: Even if they just did it as an April Fool's joke just for the day, I just would love to see.
0: Whoa, that's a Banksy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. I could literally talk to you all the live long day. Anyway, it is 11.15. I fifteen. I've had Molly here for two hours, and you have <laughs> other bigger fish to fry. Molly, oh, if, where can people find you beyond the conversation starter <laughs> of the Facebook group?
1: I am at uh, Brand Media and uh, Allura Travel, mm-hmm. and then my personal is Molly Deer. And then, of course, I on Chicago, and you can see glimpses of Kate.
0: Oh, yeah. And her... Interviews. Did I do justice to your like? I, I want to make sure I do justice to your PR company, your radio you, oh, live yeah. with you Antonio and Molly.
1: Oh, yes, and at live with Antonio and my, I wear many hats.
0: That, this is why I love her because she was the first person I met with a similarly non-linear <laughs> career path, where you were kind of like, mm, where do I begin? And yeah. you and I was like, oh my god, this is how I feel.
1: When anybody asks me what do I do, I go, um, where do you want me to start? And which which day? Which yes. like, I don't know what to tell you. Which hour of which day, I wear many hats.
0: It's, and I, I, I like to think maybe gratuitously that this is the direction that people are going in because you kind of have to try a lot of stuff before something sticks, right, and you can't be an expert until you try a lot of stuff.
1: Absolutely, and I have to say, each single one of, uh, helps, the, do you mean it? I've learned so much from doing each different aspect, right. whether it's, you know, influencer, or PR, or uh, the radio show, um, or the segments I do for Eye mm-hmm. Chicago as a TV host. Um, they each have taught me so much, and I take them all with me and all the other stuff that I do. Yeah, and I just hate to say no. <laughs>
0: uh, it's it like like the improv of it all. Yes, and I just I refuse to believe if you are trying to say yes and to build.
1: Right.
0: You don't say yes just for the hell of it, but like you're building. You're you're trying to like. I, I think everything ultimately intersects, and right. it's hard and when you don't know exactly where the intersection is yet to explain it. And I think that's why I identified with you so much because you were unapologetic about it, and you were so successful, and every individual thing you did, and you weren't worried about that exact connection and I think I panic a lot about like I'm a podcaster and an entrepreneur and I own a rug company but I also do like tea towels and
1: like I also do like online downloads and (laughs) I just sound like a lot of people are worried that it makes you seem like you're um not focused yes and that but I love every single aspect of what I do yeah and I try to fit as many things I can in a day right and I get bored easily so, I need do too. To have various different aspects. And you know, listen, it all will lead eventually to, to something, but I'm enjoying what I'm doing right now. And I love every, I'm not ready to let go of any of it just yet.
0: Well, right. It, yeah. And to, to me, it's very like um, uh, intellectual and like a minimum viable product lean startup method where like the best business owners put the least amount of time and resources into a concept and let demand drive its growth instead of their own will and agenda drive its growth. And I'm like, by the only way you're going to get found is putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. So why fault anybody who's putting themselves out there in so many capacities where they can ultimately get found? Right. Because then it just becomes their story and you're never going to be like, well, they were trying a bunch of other stuff at the time. Like, no, who no. cares? Mm-mm. I think you're lucky if you're embarrassed in, of your story in real time. Right. Because it means you're <laughs> doing something different, right? Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Anyways, no, thank you guys so much for listening. Molly is a, is a tried and true example of somebody supporting another woman For no other reason than just out of the goodness of your own heart and for being a businesswoman. I meet way too many people who I feel in competition with or who I feel like I'm not good enough for or who I feel like I can't ask for help from. And it just means a lot to me to have a successful friend and mentor who sees the value in collaboration, who sees beyond competition and who I am more excited to see how their journey evolves than my own
1: oh so well thank you so much for having me i mean i've been a big huge fan of yours for so many years and so ditto to everything you just said as well oh my gosh absolutely and here's to hoping we both can get on the bachelor some adjacent yes. show and just
0: like oh my gosh yes can't wait for the kate and molly show it's gonna be yeah. amazing. run this run this whole system we'll just be eating our words All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I know this is kind of a long episode. If you want to hear an even longer version, go to Patreon. If you don't want to hear ads, go to Patreon. It's patreon.com slash be there in five. And for one dollar, you'll get the episodes a little bit early. You'll get bonus episodes. My husband and I played trivia on Patreon last week, which was kind of funny. He's never been on the podcast. Miracle that I even got him to agree to it all you really need to do is just stick a a mic in an inconspicuous area and just start recording your conversations with people and magic podcast guest. Just kidding. I would never do that. Um, though I kind of did and it did work. So who knows, maybe I'll just start taking my mic around town. Um, but anyway, please rate, subscribe, review. If you like the podcast, if you don't probably keep it to yourself or send me an email directly. I've got, I'm just kidding. I do want to use the uh, Be There in Five podcast inbox. It's podcast at BeThereIn5.com, F-I-V-E, not the number. I know I always say that, but people always first go to Be There in Number Five. And um, I've gotten a lot of interesting like questions and requests for advice and commentary that um, I'm excited to do a segment on soon and likely will next week. So get in your cues. And um, otherwise, I hope everybody has a great week. Don't forget to go to catch.co slash be there in five, patreon.com slash be there in five buy twinkle, twinkle social media star on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can buy it in the show notes. And I think those are the only things I'm trying to sell you on this week. So thank you for letting me keep you company. And as always, let me know your thoughts and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear.